The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I look back at Triple H's huge announcement from this past Friday. Due to health concerns, he is no longer going to compete in the ring. What is a Hall of Fame career is now over. We react today on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we talk to a good friend, hard rocker from Skid Row, Snake Sabo. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. So what are we diving into first uh, today? We, what, what are you talking about? Triple H? What are we talking yes. about? SmackDown? What do you want to talk about? We'll talk about Triple H because I think that really is the big news uh, coming out of what we saw this past weekend. Friday, he broke the news on Stephen A. Smith on ESPN that he is no longer uh, going to be com- competing in the ring. And I do want to play some of those cuts from that show, Bully, because I think it shows another side of Triple H. That we don't get to see. And one of and one of those sides is the family man. You know, he is a husband. He is a father. And going back to Friday on Stephen A. Smith's show, he talked about one of the reasons he made the decision he did was because of his family. We have three uh, young girls, uh, 15, 13, 11. You know, suddenly I come home, I'm a little bit sick, and their dad, who's, you know, strong always, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly is in the hospital and I don't know if they understood the the consequences of it but you know there's there's moments in there where you <clears throat> when they're putting you out for stuff and you think is this it you know do do, <clears throat> do you wake up for this that's um that's tough to swallow yeah. you know and makes you think differently I'm sure as you've come out of your COVID scare yeah. um makes you think differently about life. doesn't make you any less driven for the things that you do, but it certainly makes you appreciate the things that you have more, your friends, your family. And that's courtesy of uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, Bully, um, yeah, you know, we talked about that before. When you start a family and you have a family, your priorities definitely change. And, I'm, you know, he has a family to think about. And I'm sure this decision was a difficult one, 
but not really when you think of the terms of him laying in a hospital bed, knowing what his children must be thinking in that moment. So as difficult as it is for him to step out of the ring and no longer compete as a pro wrestler, as he said, he's a driven person. He'll find other things within this industry to be driven about. Dave, we've had the conversation before when we go off on some tangents about life and, you know, some of the, 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 you know, death situations that we've had to deal with in pro wrestling and, you know, the five minutes left. What if somebody tapped you on the shoulder and you said, they said they had five minutes left. Like with hearing Hunter talk there about his family and his three daughters and saying to himself, is this it? Imagine, imagine that, you know, pro wrestling gets thrown right out the door in moments like that. There's no pro wrestling, which is your entire life matters no more. The only thing that matters is your, your children, your wife, your family, yeah. obviously yourself, scary moments. Even we had a conversation about Big E and I'm sure Big E looks at things differently now. And he came out and he admitted it on his social media. It puts things in a, in a lot of perspective when you have a situation like what would happen to Big E or what happened to Triple H. Wrestling doesn't matter anymore when you come that close to possibly being hurt, bad, checking out, you never know. From what I understand, Hunter's situation was pretty grave. It, it, was, it was bad. We might not have heard of him on the Stephen A. Smith show. I know. And- I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's very happy to still be around his family and his children. I texted with him two weeks ago. Hello, how are you? Hope you're feeling good. Hope you're feeling strong. He was in good spirits, yada, yada. But but yeah, situations like he was in will, will bring you face-to-face with, with what really matters in life. Yeah, Bully, and I'm sure when he was laying in that hospital bed and he was fighting, like you said, for his life because it was dire. Um, he's not thinking about the matches he had with The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's thinking about his three daughters and his wife. And like you said, his family. That's what he was thinking about. So, you know, as much as it is difficult for him, I'm sure, Bully, because he's another one. What do I say about The Undertaker? You know, The Undertaker having that one last match, that one last moment in front of fans. I I think Triple H deserves that as well, but not at the cost of his health, his life and him being a father and a husband. That means, I'm sure, a hell of a lot more to him than any match that he's had throughout his career. 1,000%, Dave. What match is going to mean more than sticking around for your wife and your children? You know, and you always talk about daddy's little girl. You have, you know, you have Abigail, right? Yep, yep. Then Abigail will always be daddy's little girl, right? Yep. And, and, and Hunter's got three little girls. And there's a special bond and a special relationship between father and daughter. And, and that's why you heard him kind of crack a little bit, get choked up a little bit. Because you're laying there, and I'm sure all sorts of, sorts of thoughts go through your mind, like how are they going to be able to go on without me? It's rough. So I'm glad to see that he's feeling better, doing better. I'm sure he'll be around the business. I'm sure he'll be doing things for the WWE. 
but you don't need the stress of pro wrestling anymore. I, I mean, obviously in ring that ain't happening. Yeah. You probably don't even need the stress of what he was doing in NXT because in, in many ways, the stress of what Hunter was doing in NXT probably more stressful than anything he's done in the ring. And you know what? And all that hard work and it's a completely different structure than it was when he was busting his ass, you know, trying to put that whole thing together. It's different now. Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green. CJ McCollum, you just finished a meeting with the NBPA as the president. Can you tell us why you took the role and how it's been so far? I took the role because having worked for the executive committee for a few years and having been a player rep since you know my second year in the league, I just felt like um, there was a lot of things that I could accomplish for the greater good. Just trying to grow the game. Don't miss an episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. That's it. His his in-ring career is over, Bully. And, you know, we knew that he was having some health issues. I don't think we really understood the extent of his health issues, but it was bad. And he described it to Stephen A. Smith, but he has made the decision to end his in-ring career. Smart move. Yes. Health comes first. And with what he had going on, he shouldn't be in a ring anymore. As a matter of fact, from what I understand with what he's going on, he's got to be careful with just about any type of real activity. No joke talking with the old, you know, your, your heart, your ticker. Well, so I'm sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, well, with that, with that being said, and what we talked about in the last segment about him making that decision uh, for his family, you know, he is a father and he is a husband. It brings up the question and Stephen A. Smith asked it. What's the future for Triple H? What does the future hold for Triple H right now? That's what people want to know. Yeah. What do you say to them when asked, when asked that question? Well, for, for me, you know, as far as in-ring, which I get a lot, I'm done. You'll you know, never fight. You, I, I, I won't. No, I will never wrestle again. First of all, I have a defibrillator in my chest, which, you know, yeah. probably not a good idea for me to get zapped on live TV. How right? about that? Yeah. Um, but I think I was already in a place in my career, as far as in-ring goes, where it was kind of, I was, I was comfortable with mm -hmm. being done and being finished. If the right thing came along, I hadn't really said much, but if the right thing came along and they wanted me to do it, I had had a conversation with Vince McMahon uh, about doing something at WrestleMania this year in Dallas, mm -hmm. which we had talked about and there were plans for. Obviously, when this happened, it, it shut all that down. As far as the schedule, you know, WWE is an intense place. It's 24-7, mm -hmm. much like yourself, where you're just yeah. running, running, running. Right. Um, I think it's just put things in perspective for me. Yeah, and, and like he said, first of all, wow. I mean, reality hits you in the face, Bully, when you think of Triple H and what he has gone through. Because when you think of Triple H, you think of that man. You know, that massive muscle that we always saw on WWE TV screens. But now it humanizes Triple H. And we are seeing a side of Triple H I don't think anyone was prepared to see. You know, Dave, what, what people don't really realize about pro wrestlers are we're like machines, especially a guy like Hunter, who was on the road 300 days a year in the gym every single day, wrestling every night. We become these calloused impervious to anything machines that all we know how to do is keep moving forward never ever shut down never ever slow down dave you ever see like those the eight the guys that drive the 18 wheelers 
like the truckers, mm -hmm. even when that truck is pulled over to the side of the road, it's never fully shut down. There's lights still on. That truck is still working off of some kind of power source. That's why I look at wrestlers. Even when we're shut down in some way, shape, or form, we're still on the go, whether that's mentally or, or any other way. And Hunter's one of those guys who, from the day he stepped foot in the wrestling business, has always been on the go. Whether you're thinking about wrestling, whether you're actually wrestling, whether you're cutting promos in the shower, no matter what, it's 24-7. And then all of a sudden, something happens and brings it to a grinding halt. Like what happened to Triple H with his heart. And now he has to stop. And now he has to be careful. I mean, think about it. He's got a defibrillator in his heart, in his, heart, in his chest. Crazy. Wow. You're not taking bumps. Nope. With a defibrillator built into your body. That doesn't mean wrestling is over for him. He'll he, Triple H is entirely too smart when it comes to, to all aspects of the professional wrestling business to completely walk away. I mean, what is he going to go do? Uh, sell cars, work in the grocery store, lay carpet. Not that there's anything wrong with those jobs, but what is he going to go do? No, Vince will keep him in the background doing what he knows how to do. But I guess... I guess you have to be in a the least amount of stress environment in this industry. That's that's where I would probably keep him, and and I and I'd keep him where he was comfortable. Well, and the thing about it, bully, when you were saying that about stress, like, is it like? I, I mean, think about it. Like what he was doing with NXT on the creative side of things, I'm sure that was extremely stressful. You know, probably for him to be in the ring. Physically, 100%. But stress level, it may be more stressful doing his role for NXT. So it really makes me wonder what his future is going to be. I agree with you. Somehow, some way, he is going to be involved in the world of the WWE. But when it comes to creatively, that might be more stressful than actually stepping into the squared circle. Dave, stress is... <laughs> You've heard it's a silent killer. Yeah. Um, stress is so, so bad for you. And some people deal with it better than others. Some people can just roll off their back. Some people just go to the gym. Some people just smoke a cigarette, whatever. They can they deal with stress better. But then there are others who completely internalize. There are some people that just don't deal with stress as well as others. And that will take its toll on you. And where does stress take its toll on you the worst? Your heart. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that was the exact reason it happened to Triple H, but stress is bad, man. I was stressed out the other night up right up until the match. I haven't been that stressed out in, in years. I kind of like broke out a little bit. Really? I was so. Yep. Yep. Because I hadn't been in that kind of a like, you know, wrestling Lawler a couple of months ago. You know, that was fun. It was what it was. Ha ha ha. The table didn't break. You know, being in that type of match with Onita, that was it was just different. You know, Onita's been in there with McFoley. He's been in there with uh, with Terry Funk. You're talking about a guy who truly is when it comes to that style of match or the the legacy of hardcore wrestling. He, I mean, this is the guy that started FMW. ECW yeah. is around because of FMW. 
this guy's a, a legend. And here I am. You know, and listen, I, I know what I've brought to the table over the years, but still I got to work up to this guy's expectations. I got to be able to bring it with him. And when you're waiting around all day to go, to go, to go, this, for me, the stress built up a lot. Now the stress was gone right after the match was over. But think of those kind of stress levels. Think about what Triple H has to do working for Vince McMahon every day. I, I'm married to Vince's daughter, right? I'm the father of his three granddaughters. I have to work for him. It's It doesn't sound easy. It, and no, by the way, I tried to do this thing with NXT. And for one reason or another, it did not work out. And I had to watch it all come crumbling down. It's a thousand percent true. Like, and, and he was also bully, a gym rat. Like I've seen a lot of documentaries with triple H. He was in the gym constantly. I'm sure for him, obviously was to be in top physical condition, but I bet you being in the gym, he probably worked off his stress being in the gym. Now you don't have that out. You don't have that outlet anymore. Now you're going to find another outlet to relieve that stress. This is like, this is life changing for Triple H. So it's going to be interesting to see what he's going to do with his future within the walls of the WWE. I'm I'm putting him behind the scenes. Obviously, his his wrestling mind is excellent. So th- does he stay around as a producer? Does he stay around writing? Does he want to be in that environment? I don't know. Maybe he's put in charge of site surveys for buildings like WrestleMania. There's so many different jobs in the WWE that people just don't know about. Our our new producer, Paul could probably tell us rattle off a dozen jobs in the WWE that we don't even know exists that, you know, from the world he came from and, you know, behind the scenes and production and film and video, you know, there's probably job descriptions out there for the WWE. Like really that that's, they need something like that or a person like that in pro wrestling. Yep. They do especially when you run the, one of the largest, you know, sports entertainment, if not the largest sports entertainment companies in the world. And, and, and Triple H is a jack of all trades. There's probably not one thing he does not understand. And a good businessman or woman understands every aspect of their business. Vince can probably throw Hunter anywhere at any time and he'll get the job done for him. I, I hope Vince leans on Triple H right now. We talk about creatively how things could get stale with the main roster. That wasn't the case when Triple H was in charge of NXT. So, Bully, as a fan, and again, this is all about comfort level, health, and everything else when it comes to Triple H. Is he shouldn't do anything that he's not capable of being able to do just on stress levels alone. But, man, as a fan, I'm hoping that Triple H is more a part of the creative process when it comes to SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. Well, let's break that down for a quick second. What do you think that Vince thinks of Hunter's ability to create right now? I I would I would hope that he respects it, but like you just mentioned, the NXT that he built got completely broken down. So I don't know if I have a definitive answer about that bully. You got with when you present that question, I'm always going to think the way Vince thinks to me, it's a no brainer. I know how smart Hunter is. I've worked with him. I've watched him go over stuff. I know how his mind works. You've seen the matches that he's put together. You you understand the psychology. 
he's been involved in some great stuff that's gone on over his career. Yep. He he's one of those guys you want with younger talent or with the older talent. Cause sometimes like, let's say like a Brock Lesnar and a Roman Reigns who are, who are about to uh, main event WrestleMania night two. I probably want a guy like, like Hunter there listening to the match. They've both worked with Hunter. Hunter understands them, understands the psychology and the storytelling, probably be able to give a different perspective on the match than the agents that these guys have been working with, like the Michael Hayes of the world, who's a phenomenal agent. Yes. So, yeah, definitely want to utilize Hunter's brains. Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green. CJ McCollum, you just finished a meeting with the NBPA as the president. Can you tell us why you took the role and how it's been so far? I took the role because having worked for the executive committee for a few years and having been a player rep since you know my second year in the league, I just felt like um, there was a lot of things that I could accomplish for the greater good. Just trying to grow the game. Don't miss an episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The legendary Snake Sabo. Snake, what's up, man? My buddy, I haven't seen you guys in so long. It's criminal. It's criminal. I'm in Las Vegas, and I got up at 7.30 this morning because I missed you guys so much, and there was no way I was going to miss the opportunity to be on your show. Still my favorite show. Snake, for everybody that doesn't know, why are you in Vegas? What do you got going on? We just started. We had our first show the other night of a residency with the Scorpions, which is... Man, talk about life kind of coming full circle. The last time we played with the Scorpions was the Moscow Music Peace Festival, August of 1989. And that's when we learned what a real band sounds like. We were taken to school. And I'll never forget it. It was such a great lesson. And if you could imagine, because I couldn't, but they're even, they're, they're so much better now. And they were amazing back then. And so... It's just an honor to be here and to be a part of this. And we have so much going on in our band. There's so much crazy crap happening, but uh, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it. But it's just a pleasure to be here with you guys again. I miss you both so much. And I felt like we uh, we it, we kind of uh, uh, have been trying to all to get together and we can't seem to make it happen. And I don't know why. Well, it's well, together well, now. I mean, there was a thing called COVID that probably, you know, canceled a lot of people's plans over the last two years, Snake, because I know you had a big tour planned and then COVID hit and you had to cancel it. But I'm so happy to see you guys back out on the road and doing your thing and playing with the Scorpions. Scorpions have, I'm telling you, their new album, amazing. The Scorpions' new album. It's very, very good. And you have a new single. We just played a bit of it now. Have a new single that just dropped on Friday. Talk about the new single. Well, I'll tell you what. It, this has been, we've been working on this record for quite some time. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but we just recently made uh, a singer change as well. Um, we found out, just in a nutshell, to be honest with you, uh, ZP was great and a great guy, but we were obviously going in very different directions. Uh, and so we felt that we, if we were going to make a change, we needed to make it before this record was released. We wouldn't be, because it, it just, it wouldn't have felt right moving on. So we came across Eric Gronwall years ago. He uh, was, he won Swedish Idol, which is a Swedish version of American Idol. His audition song was 18 in life. We got that sent to us years ago. We're like, oh my God, like this kid can sing. Cut to, we had an idea that we were going to maybe be switching singers. And so we reached out to him and he, uh, we, we let him work with the gangs all here. And he sent it back like 24 hours later. And it, we blew, it blew our minds. And we were like, oh my God, like this sounds like Skid Row. Like, this is what Skid Row needs to sound like. And so we're going in the studio today to record uh, the second to last vocal for the record. Record will be done in a space of a couple of weeks, and it'll be out in October. Uh, we're going to be releasing more singles along the way. 
but so far the response has been really, really good, man. I'm really, I'm, I'm like, I can't believe like people are give a shit, you know, and I'm getting phone calls from all my friends and other bands getting congratulations and all this. And it's really something, it's really humbling. And it makes me go, wow, you know, like you make these decisions and you don't know if they're going to turn out well, you don't know what, how it's going to be perceived and, and, and whatnot. And then all of a sudden I'm getting, I'm getting calls and texts from all my buddies saying congrats. And it sounds like Skid Row and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, Oh man, this is great. And bully, I heard you say that you love the twin guitar thing in the, in the middle and all that stuff is done on purpose. And that's because of our producer, Nick Raskulinitz, who has done uh, Stone Sour, Foo Fighters, Hailstorm, uh, uh, Rush, uh, 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 Mastodon. Um, and so he's got a crazy uh, discography and he's well, well respected. And he's the guy who wanted to work with us because he was a fan of ours. And he's the guy who sat there and said, you need to do this here like you did in the second verse of Big Guns on the first record. I'm like, I don't even know what I did. Like, you, he's reminding us of who we are. And it was such a great trip to be on because you're going, you know, after 30-some years of, I don't know if you want to say developing, but just growing within your band and, you know, sometimes you get bored, you start playing stuff different and, and all of a sudden that becomes the standard. And then you almost forget what you really did. He started bringing us back to those days and saying, you know, in, in monkey business, you did a thing here in the verse. Like we need that sort of thing for this part. And I'm going, wow. It's like rediscovering who you are through the lens of a guy who grew up on you and has profound respect for your work. That's Can awesome. you elaborate more on what you mean? Because I know what I wrote to you via text. I said, this sounds like Skid Row, but you are Skid Row. So what does it mean to find a new singer that sounds like Skid Row? What do you mean by that? I didn't know what I meant by it until I heard the song come back. And then when I heard it, it made, it just made perfect sense. You know, like you can't, maybe put your finger on one thing. He just embodied the essence of the song. And like this, this kid has a story, cancer survivor. Um, didn't know if he was ever going to sing again. Uh, and, and Saturday night, our first show was the one year anniversary of his first treatment for leukemia. Wow. And it's like, and, and his dream gig was to be in Skid Row. So, it, and we didn't know a lot of that. Uh, and so when he got that song, we sent them gangs all here. He was wrote back to us, this is the reason why I fell in love with Skid Row. And you could hear it. You could hear it in his attack, in his approach, in his emotion of it. And so it was, we, Rachel and I, and all the guys, we kind of looked at each other like, holy shit. Like, this is like, this is something that we didn't expect. And it, it, it really, it, not that it, it woke us up, but it really 
opened our eyes to the possibility of what could be. And so now that we're nearly done with the record and, and I have the luxury of being able to listen to that every day, I'm going, wow, like if no one likes this record, so be it. But I really, really like it. And, and, and I'm not, it's hard to be objective. You guys know when you're talking about your own shit, how do you be objective? But I'm excited. I'm really excited. And then I see like other people's faces in the studio when they're listening back to the tracks and they're going like, yeah, man, like it's for real. And so to put things in perspective, Tuesday was, well, he had toured in a band that opened up for us in Europe about four years ago um, in a band called Heat. And so we were aware of him then. And we also were aware of him through some other friends in the music business who were telling us about uh, this kid who won Swedish Idol who did 18 in life and just absolutely crushed it. So he was on the radar slightly, but nothing where we reached out. And it was crazy because we were doing these vocals remotely. So we hadn't actually been in a room with him until this past Tuesday. That's crazy. And then the first rehearsal we had was Wednesday and Thursday. And then the first show was Saturday. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Snake, how can people listen to the new single? It's, it's, it's doing really well on Spotify and the streaming services right now. Uh, thankfully, um, it's so far, it's like our best performing song since, you know, when, when we released Slave to the Grind. Uh, uh, and so, you know, there's going to be haters out there, but the majority of it has been really, really strong and positive. And I don't read the comments. I let other people tell me about them. I, 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 I tend to shy away from that stuff. I, uh, it's, there's a lot of pollution out there. So for me, I just feel I, I, you, there's, a, there's a sensibility and all the people that my friends that were uh, or, or colleagues that were at the first show, getting the feedback from them. And for a first show, uh, it's not as as good as we can be, but it was really good. It was really good. Snake, t tell me about the first rehearsal, because that's the first time you're all together in a room. Tell me about the first moment Eric, the new kid, starts singing and you look over at Scotty or Rachel looks over at you and you're like, wow, it's exactly it. It's exactly it. Because what song were you guys playing? Like what moment? We started off with the gangs all here. Like we just started, we figured that was our starting point with him. So let's do that. And there's that scream at the very beginning of the song that he does and he hit it and it was effortless. And I went, Oh my God, like this is going to be a hell of a ride. And I had spent two hours with them on uh, before the flight from, from New York to, to Vegas in the, in the lounge at the at JFK. And we spoke like we had known each other forever, drinking beers, laughing at stupid shit. And then in the middle of that, he just starts kind of laughing and shaking his head. And he goes, this is just so surreal, dude. Like a year ago, I didn't know if I was going to ever sing again. And, and now I'm sitting here and, and we're going with Skid Row rehearsal and we're playing with the Scorpions and I'm the singer. And I, it just, and he has these moments he did it in, in, in rehearsal. He was sitting on the drum riser and he just put his head down and started giggling. 
And he's like, I just, it's, it hits me. And it's so great to see because it's so genuine and it's so humbling for me and as a band because, you, I mean, those moments are special, man. They're really, really special because you could see how much it means to him. And then thus it, it's, it, it gets reflected onto us and, and, and we get to go, wow, man, how lucky are we that at this stage of the game that we have this new life being breathed into our band. And we've got this residency with the Scorpions. And then we've got this, we're going to be touring for the next year easily. And then we're going to be doing this Live to Rock tour, which we're doing with Warrant and Winger and, and on most of the dates. And because now more than ever, we need to put smiles on people's faces. We need to entertain people, man. We don't need to be heavy. There's too much heaviness in the, in the world. We need to celebrate life, celebrate music, celebrate happiness, joy, and, and just celebrate a kick-ass rock show. And that's, it's really simple if you think about it, because that's what attracted us all those years ago to bands like Alice Cooper and Kiss, because you were being entertained. You were in that arena or that venue, whatever that may be. You were there because you didn't want the outside world to permeate that experience. And so for those two, three hours, you were engulfed in like the great, that was the greatest day of your life at that particular time. And that's what we thrive on is that emotion of that experience. And so when we're in that venue, man, there's no political barriers. There's no geographical, religious, none of that bullshit. We're all a community. And that's the way when we celebrate the, 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 the idea of just being free to play music the way we want to play and enjoy the moment. You know, Snake, and I'm glad you brought that up because you're here to party. We want to party. Speaking yeah. of parties, you know, I know you're busy, but we got our party coming up on Saturday at, uh, across from AT&T Stadium at Texas Live. It's the first time, Snake, in three years that everybody of Busted Open is going to be out with the nation. The last time you were in attendance in New York City for our 10-year anniversary party. I can't believe it's been three years since that party. I can't believe but that either. It's, what do you remember great. about what do you about what do you remember about the last time we were able to party with the Busted Open Nation? I remember coming out, uh, we parked the car, my wife and I, and I remember coming out and I remember seeing a line around the block and I was like, I'm so friggin' happy for these guys. And obviously Billy, Billy Ray and I have a long history together, but this was kind of our first getting to know each other. And I saw, Dave, I saw you outside because you went to survey it and I could see the look on your face like you were astounded that that many people cared so much about you and your show uh, and what you guys are doing to make this more than just a get together. I was an event. And then I remember Bully going, come with me, let's go downstairs. And we pull, we roll up to the bar and he goes, two shots of Jack Daniels. I go, yep, it's on. And that was 1230. <laughs> that was 1230. So that was a, that was a long ass day. And then uh, I, you know, it's for me, to be just to be a part of being able to celebrate your guys' 10-year anniversary, that's an amazing feat. And now that you guys have been on 13 years and you're the highest rated sports show on Sirius XM, that's an incredible accomplishment. And look, I still listen all the time because 
I'm still entertained by it. I'm still passionate about wrestling and music. So it means a lot to me that you guys are, are not only still doing this, but really successful at it. And I hope it continues for another 13 years. I appreciate that, Snake. And, uh, and Bully, Snake uh, tasted Violetta's pierogi. Uh, yes, I did. Night, that day, yeah. Felt very yep. privileged. Uh, it was a fine tasting pierogi coming from someone who's a fellow Polak. I have to admit, it was one of the finest pierogies I've ever tasted. Thank moist? You, Snake. It was moist and delicious. <laughs> Snake, always a pleasure talking to you. We got to get you back on. Uh, again, you're having the residency right now in Vegas with the Scorpions. You're going to go going out on tour with Winger, Lita Ford, right? No, Warren. Like, Warren and Warren, Quiet. Okay, okay, awesome. And, you know, obviously, Bully and I are available if you want us to do any introductions. Right, Bully? Man, I would rather. You guys can take some of the vocal duties off my shoulders. I didn't say that. I just said <laughs> that we could do an intro if you the intro you guys on stage, Bully. We could do yes, that. Yes, of course. No, 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 no. I, I'm not sharing the stage with anybody. If anybody's introducing Skid Row, it's me by myself. This right. is me politicking right now. All right, so Bully's not available, Snake. So <laughs> I'm there. Uh, and of course, the new single, Gang Goal, here, available now. Snake, thank you so much. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. <sighs> it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.